Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the Liberty Lounge with our friend in the trenches, our winter soldier favorite. The one and only. The one and only. Bernie Thompson. Bernie Thompson. Yeah, yeah, this is where, yeah, that's where we should be like, try that again. The one and only. Bernie Thompson. I said the only way you're coming in here is if I get an applause. That's right. So what we have is. Uh, we are actually in studio. See, I'm usually with at, I'm usually at the control, so I'd have been on the mark. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's her fault. So uh, we have uh, we're in studio with Bernie, and we've been telling you guys that JC and I are coming up on a vacation here soon. So Bernie is going to jump in and uh, be guest host for us while we're off. In our secret meeting yeah, place for about three days, about about three three days at the end of this month. And so Bernie will be your host for yeah. three days. You guys can pass the word around and let everybody know that the great, the one and only Bernie Thompson will be covering for the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. So our our long timers know Bernie. Mm -hmm. They've seen Bernie. So yeah. Richard, Nate, uh who else we got? All, Val. all you guys, Val. Val. Yeah, this is this is incredible yeah. because back in 2013. I had a radio show and I was going away for a week and Chris Ann Hall did the radio show for a whole week. So here we are, what, eight years later <laughs> and I get to do the same. I like it. It's awesome. It's awesome. So uh, we're doing uh, this show today from Bernie's uh, Liberty Lounge, uh, which means when we are gone, the show will look like this. Yeah, from the Liberty Lounge. So that In you beautiful guys. beautiful Panama City Beach, Florida. Beautiful Panama City Beach, Florida. And one, one of the best beaches in Florida. One of the best beaches. It's nice. I, th I think we're closer to, well, at least they say the number one beach is in Clearwater. I think Clearwater, Destin, and Panama City Beach, like, all run right at that same, mm -hmm. you know, all on that top mm -hmm. tier. They're nice. Probably the three top beaches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. If, you, if you're coming to Florida, Panama City Beach, Destin, really any in the Pensacola area and Clearwater. Excellent beaches. Right, right. So just as a reminder to you guys of, of who Bernie Thompson is, we're going to go to Bernie's YouTube video. His, his, um, harass the city, harass video. the city. Well, that's his <laughs> feel, YouTube channel. Feel the burn right? watchdog services. So right? you'll have to sort of in, endure just a little bit of training that we're showing Bernie on this. So Bernie, I want to make sure, cause this is what I do all the time. When you're showing a video, you have to click that button <laughs> right, right there. You We're, have to, because I don't all the time. You, you do a fine job. It's Thank okay. you. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So now we are sharing this and no, we don't want to do this. I'm going to play this video for a little while. This is Bernie in his beautiful beaver hat. Is <laughs> so that? I'll, I'll set this up. Yeah, for set you. it up, so please. I keep a close eye on local government and in Panama city beach, there is racketeering going on inside city hall. And what they did was they fired the city manager about four or five weeks ago, the day after the city manager who had only been there for a year, uh, notified the city that there was criminal activity. So he blew the whistle on the city and the very next day at the meeting, the mayor and the council fire him. It was unbelievable. And then they replace him. <laughs> with their police chief. So I'm reporting to the people what just happened inside city hall. That's where we are. All right. So we're going to see yeah. these little things down here. So then I'm going to come over here. We're going to switch back over there so we can see what's happening. 
and I'm gonna go ahead and play. Here we go. Scene of the crime spree. Right behind me, the Panama City Beach City Council just went through their process. They had an emergency meeting today to help decide who they're gonna hire as the next city manager. And it was a major surprise. Chief Drew Whitman, police chief Drew Whitman is their top candidate. Now I've been asking, why is it that they don't have an education requirement as they used to have for the city manager? Keep in mind, the city manager runs the entire city. The city manager is the boss of all of the employees. Each of these department heads must have at least a master's degree. Now they're gonna hire a city manager with no educational requirement, not any sort of college education requirement. It's a big change. And now we know why. I have said for a while, they have to have an insider who will keep their secrets as the FBI continues its investigation into public corruption. The city was issued a subpoena in August of last year. And many of the questions I've been asking for a long time, the city just ignored. Well, now they can't ignore them. I told a story at the meeting prior to this one that H.L. Mencken, that old columnist that chewed on the cigars and gave politicians a bad time. He talked about an incident that happened in Maryland back in 1931. It was a lynching and everybody in town knew it was wrong. Everybody in town knew it was terrible, but not a single big wig stepped up. Not a single big wig uh, brought up the issue. They acted like it didn't happen. Well, it's very similar to this city's except one man did step up, one big wig, Tony O'Rourke, the city manager who was fired about a month ago, just the day after he submitted a whistleblower complaint in which he named names and made recommendations in a memo that the city still will not release. Now, they cite a statutory exemption that says if any employees are under an investigation by the city, that they don't have to give those documents up. They're right, there is that exemption, but the city is showing that it is not transparent. The city is asking, not asking, demanding $50,000 for 29,000 documents. All the news media outlets want those documents. These are the communication documents between the council members and department heads and some of the big contractors that get all the big contracts to include Derwin White at GAC. 29,000 documents. $50,000, that's almost $1.70 per page. It's unprecedented. The city does not have to charge $50,000, but they choose to. They choose to as a shield so that you don't know what they said to those uh, contractors who get all the big deals and fund their campaigns. Well, so this is, this is what Bernie does. This is Man, like a real journalist, bro. who Bernie is. Bernie as just to give you a backdrop, Bernie has become the the actual programmed plan for how to control your local government, your county commission, your city council, get up in your sheriff, your school board. And that's why we love Bernie. He has created this whole system of rooting out corruption at the local level. And remember, state and local is where our power really, really exists. That's right. And this, you, you drew attention. So you're working this at the local level, but it, I mean, this brought the FBI in basically. Yeah. So tell us what happened. Sure. So in 2016, they had a new regime take uh, office and they started doing crazy stuff. They voted to ban shade on the beach. Think about that. They voted to ban shade. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Shade. Like, <laughs> From an umbrella? Yes, that's exactly what Okay, they so they voted you cannot have an umbrella to escape Florida sun. Mm -hmm. And so do you know what I, if I if <laughs> seriously, if they had actually passed that, I did they pass that? We stopped it. Okay, so I he, here's my little <laughs> my little gremlin attitude. I would have let them pass it and then I would have sued them for the sun poisoning that yeah. I got because they made it illegal for me to escape the Florida sun. I would have gone through the trouble of having sun poisoning, right? Because then I would have sued them from their, their preventing me to seek shelter, yeah. to seek shelter Criminalize. from the Florida sun. And, and this is the kind of stuff Criminalize local governments do. So they, yeah. they go up there, they have, a, they have an advocate and they explain, there are three reasons they had to do this, Chris Ann. Number one, safety. <laughs> 
Right, because the big what? umbrella, oh, the wind will blow them and they turn into spears. See, it's too dangerous. Did someone die? No, they, they could. They could. It's could. possible, it's JC. Possible. It could happen at any time. Could happen. Number Anything two, happen. they said. You never know when the bomb will drop. <laughs> number two, they said it's these are eyesores. You know, all these, are, they're eyesores. And then they had some, oh, well, if they not, hit you in the eye. Yeah, right? yeah. Eye so let's not, let's not mention all the, the crappy flamingo pink condos right. and whatever you've got so, on the beach. Let's let's pick on the yeah. umbrellas that are there for six I, I, hours, wait, maybe eyesore. a day. Is that like one of, one of, I think it's Monet's, one of Monet's top paintings, like yeah. multi-million dollar painting is, is all the beach um, the umbrellas yeah, on yeah. the French Riviera. No, and then another third reason was <laughs> uh, it would prevent lifeguards from seeing anybody with all the, they can't see people in trouble. Uh, now we don't even have lifeguards. But they, 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 they <laughs> so, so they had these well, reasons. What, what? They said yeah. it you interferes see, with the, the lifeguard the can't life, see over the umbrella. The, the lifeguard that doesn't exist yeah. can't see. <laughs> these are over the urgent the reasons. Now here's that, that was their ostensible reason. Here's what they were really doing. One of their biggest funders owned the umbrella rental service, and they wanted to make sure that nobody in front of the rented umbrellas were blocking their view. That was what was really happening. Oh, so you can't, you couldn't bring a private umbrella, but you could rent from exactly this right. guy. Yeah. So they didn't actually oh outlaw shade. God. So they, they outlawed private shade. Private shade. Yeah. Right. So, so non, was, non crony, seriously, non, dude. Non campaign funding shade. Wow. These, these guys are like yeah. over the top corrupt. So, we, so I was. God sent you here, Bernie. I'll tell you what, I was telling everybody about God it. God sent Bernie. We to had PCB. that place filled. We had a dermatologist show up and told him that he was tired <laughs> of shady government officials. <laughs> we had a dermatologist said, I'm so. And we had a lady, a, a wonderful lady who had this young, beautiful lady who had skin cancer on her face. And this doctor did Mohs surgery and repaired her face and saved her life. She passed them pictures of her surgery. And they looked at these pictures just mortified. And she said, she, she got, she said, don't turn your eyes from that. That's what you're going to cause if you do this. I mean, Sweet. we stopped them. My whole point Sweet. is we can affect local government. We can change mm -hmm. local government. We bump into the mayor at the store, but I can't change, unfortunately, what's going on in, what do I call it? The fundamentalist Democrat uh, emirate of DC. I can't do anything about that. Right. We can do it here. Yes. We need to pay attention to both, but here's yes. where I focus. Yes. That's what I do. We awesome. can pay attention to Washington, DC to educate to. our local officials on what they should be opposing from the federal government. Yeah. But our attention has to be here. My, Still on the principle state of and liberty. Local. Yeah, my perspective yeah. is, you know, everybody has their calling. So, you know, you might be that guy in D.C. doing whatever, whatever right. needs to be That's done right. there. Yeah. But the, I think the bulk of the bulk of the people, the bulk of our focus, since the way the republic is built is for the protection against federal encroachment happens at the local and state level. And that's where the, that's where the bulk of everybody uh, should be focused and working so that mm -hmm. we, we can, you know, build that and extend our influence from there into the federal city. Yeah. Can, yeah. I, can I make one point too? Sure, I'll, I'll say this. I, I have found in the last um, 13 years or so, 14 years I've been doing this, that to me, the great challenge right now is not even Democrat versus Republican as it is the insiders versus the outsiders. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I see uh, violations of essential liberty coming from crony Republicans as oh, well as gosh. Democrats. Sure, Democrat versus Republican, it is important because of the two-party system that we have. But to me, the great issue is insiders versus outsiders. And we've got Republican and Democrat insiders who are not doing what they're supposed to be doing and watching out for our liberty. And that's that's what I've noticed. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what's happening uh, here in Florida, because our governor uh, at this point in time, and I always like to support, right? So we encourage each other into good works, right? That's what we're supposed to do. So at the same time that you're up in their face and telling them what they're doing wrong, if all you do is carry a stick that you beat people with, then you're never going to really have true influence because it's not about beating people up. It's about correcting bad behavior and encouraging good behavior, right? Yeah. And so at any given time, your county commission, your, your city manager, whoever your PCB people are, uh, they could do something good. And then, and then, 
from behavioral psychology standpoint, that's where you have to jump in and yeah. say, yeah, that's how it's supposed to yeah, work. And that's right? an important point. I, I don't want to just corner them with no way out. Right. I want to give them a way out. I want to make it obvious the right decision so I can praise you and right. make you a hero. That's right. very important. Right. And so what we have here is a video of Ron DeSantis, who is uh, who gave a a I don't know what do you call them, like a little State press conference kind of thing. thing. And he says, we're not having vaccine passports here. So here's how this vaccine works. Vaccine passport is a terrible idea. We are definitely not going to require anything from the state's perspective. That is totally off the table. If I have businesses that want to do that in Florida, I think that that's more than just a private decision. I think that impacts um, our society. I think that impacts people, particularly disadvantaged people, in a way that would barely be negative for our state. So what form that would take, I'd have to discuss it with my folks. I'd have to discuss it potentially with the legislature. But I think it's a very, very bad idea. Well, Ron DeSantis is absolutely correct that a vaccine passport is a very bad idea. Number one, uh, just so you know, in 1958, the Supreme Court gave uh, an opinion about federal passports, right? And in that opinion, I don't, I, I should have that that for you right now. I can pull it up here really quick. But uh, in that opinion, I'm pulling it up for you so I can give you the whole site. You can find it. The Supreme Court said that, yes, the government can require a passport for travel. Now, remember, this is on the federal level. But a passport, it's Kent v. Dulles, 1958. And it says that, and I'll read, I'll read the decision from you here. Although the executive may regulate the travel practices of citizens by requiring them to obtain valid passports, it may not condition the fulfillment of such requirements with the imposition of rules that abridge basic constitutional notions of liberty, assembly, association, and personal autonomy. And so what a passport, a health passport would do, and that's not, I mean, this is not even going all the way to saying you can't engage in commerce, right? Because that's what the health passport's going to do. It's not just a matter of can you travel uh, from Spain to America, this is, can you travel from Florida to Georgia? This is, can you go into this store? Can you engage in commerce? And Kent V. Dulles says in the very most narrow aspect, which is just international travel, you cannot predicate a passport on a requirement that would infringe upon the basic elements of liberty. And vaccination passport would absolutely do that. And so I don't know if if Governor DeSantis knows this or not, if the attorney general or the or the governor's council has made him aware of this 1958 case. But what you're talking about here is a passport that would infringe on the rights of the people. We're talking religious liberty. We're talking personal autonomy. We're talking the right to travel. I mean, there are so many things. And by the way, the Supreme Court has said that the right to travel is fundamental, fundamentally inherent in a free society. That's right. So this is a very bad idea. And, uh, you know, not last, but most importantly, Bernie, you know this. I know JC knows this, that the. Uh, federal government was never delegated an authority to tell us, uh, to dictate to us our health care practices. But Chrisanne, haven't you heard of the supremacy clause? That says the federal <laughs> government is supreme to the states. Yeah, no, it doesn't. No, it, it doesn't. It leaves something out, doesn't no, it? No, <laughs> no, it does. But you know what? I don't know. You On Friday. I have a religious objection to the whole whole notion. Yeah. Personally. Well, tell us about it, JC. Can, can, give us, give us the religious. I, well, I, think I we, know since I brought the supremacy clause, we probably should let people know what that Article Six. Article Six, Clause Two. Yes. And we actually talked about the supremacy clause a little bit on so Friday important. because uh, Right Wing Watch. You know, Right Wing Watch. Are you a star of that? It's a George Soros. <laughs> I am a star of Right Wing Watch. 
So Open Societies Foundation yeah. uh, group. So Peter, who is the chief, Course, the senior journalist yeah. for Right Wing Watch, right? Peter, who's the senior journalist for Right Wing Watch. By the way, if he lets us know on his Twitter handle that if you want to contact him, it's okay to call him he, him. Oh. Yes, you can call him he, him. Great. Um, I don't know what his husband wants you to call him, but he says you can call me he, him. So anyway, Peter says that uh, I am a uh, radical, uh, what was it? Anti-governmental, Anti libertarian, conservative, evangelical. Yes. Can you can, can you string this? An a, a radical anti-government, uh, libertarianist, evangelical conservative. conservative. The man, the man who is morally so immorally opposed to labels that he has to tell you <laughs> that you can call him he him gives me five <laughs> labels. Right. Gives me five labels. All right. So anyway, he goes on this rant. His panties are in a wad and I'm sure he has them. His panties are in a wad because I taught the sheriffs the proper application of the supremacy clause mm -hmm. that when the federal government is operating. They always miss this part. Yeah. When the federal government is operating under the constraints of the Constitution, then federal laws are supreme. But when the federal government is operating outside the parameters of the delegated powers of the Constitution, their laws, their regulations, their executive orders are not only not supreme, they are null and void. Yeah. So the null act, and void. The act or the treaty has to be pursuant to the Constitution. Pursuant. That's if the, the language. states did not delegate that power they don't have that power right. and the state should stand athwart the federal government and yes. say stop. Yes, absolutely. Because the power delegated is a list of cans. See, that's where people get, I think the, the fundamental core of what people get wrong about the constitution, the constitution is not a list of cans. The constitution right. is a list of cans. This is what you can do. Everything else is a can. Yeah, the, the federal everything government. Else. Every, yeah. Everything that's not said is a can. Yes. This, this is everything. what the Constitution tells the federal government. Yeah. Yes. What it can do, not right. us. Right, right. No, I think right. people say that. I think people, when they say that, I believe have the, the first 10 amendments of the Bill of Rights more in their mind mm -hmm. of saying the can't. And, and, the, yes. and but the problem, you make that distinction. Mm -hmm. Right. It, when you don't make that distinction, it muddies the waters because then you hear people say it about the whole Constitution, yeah. like the Constitution proper. And that was the argument. What is it? James Madison, Adam, Alexander, Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton yeah. Like, why do we need to say that you can't do something when we didn't give you the permission to do it in the first place? Because the the constant, you know, the the I, I get what would you call it? the main body, the Constitution, you know, the articles, articles, articles seven. right? Mm -hmm. it, it just says, here's what you can do. What the government can And do. then within the Bill of Rights. Yeah, the government can like, do. Basically puts the world on notice. These are our rights. Uh, well, and that's that's right, JC, because the Bill of Rights in and of itself is not a list of can'ts. The Bill of Rights. Because it's not a list of powers. Well, but it's not a list right? even to the federal government. Right. The Bill of Rights is not a document <clears throat> to written to the federal government. The Bill of Rights is a document written to the people, people to remind them of what their rights are so they will be the stop of the federal of the federal government infringing upon the rights it was richard, richard henry, henry lee? lee in um right the federalist farmer uh uh to the republican it's an anti-federalist group hey look this is what you need to do if you really want to know what the meaning the purpose and the principles of the Bill of Rights are, you need to go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. You need to sign up and you need to take the course called The Great Debate. In that, I show you Hamilton's argument that, that JC alluded to, that where Hamilton actually says, why do we have to tell them not to infringe upon our liberty of press if we've never delegated any power to them to do that. Yeah. And Hamilton says, if you do this, if you write down this list, you're actually giving a handle, he says, to men disposed to usurp, to reasonably claim a right to regulate when none was implied. Yeah, it's it's interesting. 
it, it sounds like on the surface, I, th I think if you're not, you know, say you're not like us and you're not some liberty geek, constitution wonk, wonk or whatever, yep. it sounds like you're splitting hairs. Like, what does all that matter? Blah, blah, blah. But listening to what she's taught so many years and digging into the writings and what, what the drafters actually say about the documents, you, you really start to grasp how important it is on how you characterize, how you approach mm -hmm. the purposes of these documents and, and how you express that. And, and I've realized over the years that, you know, the, the articles, the constitution articles uh, and the bill of rights have slightly different, uh, purposes or import mm -hmm. in, in, in how like the, the bill of the, the constitution proper is like, this is the blueprint for yeah, government. This right. is how it's constructed. This is how it's function. Here are your responsibilities. Yeah. And it's actually within the bill of rights. And you, you gave some fancy legal term for uh, the ninth and 10th amendment, but then you go to ninth and 10th amendment in the bill of rights, you know, then makes that clear. Hey, here's your blueprint. We yeah. gave it to you. Whatever's not on that blueprint. Yeah. We don't have to tell you that you can't do it, but we're letting you know can everything I, else is reserved can I to the tell states. You how, I, how I see this real quick. Sure, give me just one second because sure. that fancy legal term is called rules of construction, construction. Yeah, right? Yep. So there are two <clears throat> rules of construction for the Constitution. Rule number one is the Ninth Amendment that all the rights in the universe belong to the people. My favorite. And rule number two is the Tenth Amendment, which says the powers not delegated to the United States are reserved to the states respectively, mm -hmm. meaning reserved to each state independently or to the people because all political power is derived from the people. So your gov your state government has no power without the people first delegating it to them. And that, that or to the people, Jay, uh, uh, Bernie, people forget that is a reference to the state constitution. Yeah. This is so exciting to me. So the way I view it is uh, the constitution is the supreme law of the land. Yep. Right? It's like a big umbrella and it does at least three things as you were alluding to JC. It sets up the structure of government. Mm -hmm. It sets up the powers of, of the federal government. Mm -hmm. And then the bill of rights guarantees our rights and reminds us that they can't do these things. Right. And speaking of the bill of rights, the first eight remind us that the federal government can't do these things. But the Ninth Amendment mm -hmm. is a reminder, as you say, Chrisanne, that all the rights in the universe belong to us at birth. They're right. inherent in our humanity. Right. Right. And so what I love about it, I say my favorite amendment is the Ninth Amendment because it reminds us of that. That's the beginning of everything. Mm -hmm. I like to say that in the beginning, there was the Ninth Amendment. And the Ninth yeah. Amendment is the beginning yeah. of this yeah. Constitution. Well, yeah. what's interesting? Because it starts there. The mm -hmm. last two are, are not, do, they can't do this. The last two are statements of principle. One, all rights belong to the people. And the Ninth and the Tenth reminds them that the federal government's not the boss of us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, Isn't and beautiful. Yeah. But, and it came four years after the Constitution, by the way. It was added to it, but not as an afterthought. Chrisanne, as you taught me, mm -hmm. as a contingency. Right. Yeah. Once we're, and then the principles of, nullification or non-compliance flow from that because yeah. we have and that nice. stated yeah. in those rules of construction that the people are first right mm -hmm. and then the, the states as representatives of the people are the boss they're the creators of this constitution they said you here's your responsibilities federal government and whatever we didn't tell whatever we didn't put on the list that we want you to do make sure you do have a duty to carry out uh then you can't do anything beyond that and, and then so nullification naturally flows from that, the as opposed to what Peter said, the failed the rules of theory of nullification. So this, this is cool. The rules of construction, it's a legal doctrine that says that which is created cannot be more powerful than its creator. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the federal government is not more powerful, can only do what the states delegated right. to the Constitution. And it also applies, as I point out, to the states. Mm -hmm. So since the states created the counties, the counties, their ordinances cannot supersede state statute either. The rules of construction, that which is created cannot be more powerful than its creator. And that really explains why the states are sovereign. And yes, they delegated powers. They agreed 
the, the, the state, I'm sorry, that the federal government and the acts and the treaties, we follow those, but only the ones we agree to to begin with, right? Right. Only the powers that are delegated, right? right? So when we delegated Which power to, to the federal government, the yes. yes. So the delegated yes. powers are the Article One, Article Two, Article Three powers, right? And so when we've delegated those powers, then those are the powers when executed properly, are the ones that the states by contract must submit to as the supreme law of the land. When they operate outside one, two, and three, then we are not by contract bound by those. That's why Article 6, Clause 2, when read that way, would say that the judges of the states are not bound thereby. And so we have to understand that the Constitution is supreme for the laws of the federal government outside the constitution to be supreme would put the law supreme to the constitution. And that is, that is a paradox. I like also um, an easy definition that I give that I, uh, that I actually taught this past weekend in Gulf Breeze, Florida at the state sovereignty class is the importance of the word delegate. That word delegate has a very specific and very important definition. And it means a temporary transfer of responsibility or authority from a higher power to a lower power. So knowing, and this is part of that class, if you haven't had that class, you can get it at libertyfirstuniversity.com or you can have me come teach it, however that works for you. Uh, but the uh, word delegate is a temporary transfer of trust or authority from a higher power to a lower power. And when you understand how the federal government was created by the states, then you have to acknowledge that the states are the higher power and the federal government is the lower power. I didn't power. know that. That's great. Yeah. I love it. How simple is that? Yes. And, and these, these elitists try to make it confusing, try to make it complicated. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're uh, artificially making the Constitution more complicated than it needs to be on purpose so that you and I are defeated before we even start in studying the Constitution. There's a saying that I'll remind people of. And if you keep this at the top of your head, you'll, you'll, it, it's like a, it's like a little notification anytime there could be fraud. And it's really simple. Three words, complexity masks fraud. When the federal government or the state government or local right. government or anybody says, well, this is actually very complicated. Yeah. Immediately, ding, my head goes, complexity masks fraud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's where I look. That's, I mean, that's what the you know, the legal profession morphed into even mm -hmm. this, it, it essentially made them gatekeepers. That's right. Uh, and, and they make, you know, all the Latin and all this crazy stuff that, that keeps you out, you know, mm -hmm. with the intent that, Oh, you, you can't understand. It's too complicated. That story decides. Yeah. What do you mean? The last case? I mean, you right. use a big word. Yeah. Here. Lawyers don't even know Latin. They memorize Latin <laughs> terms so they can throw them out and seem like they're, they're meta messaging. There's some superhero <laughs> brain things, yeah. you know, like I, I've been, right? I'll leave it up Special to you, club. Bernie. Cause I always debate. We, we talked a lot about the ninth amendment, but yeah. we didn't actually say what it says. So do you think we should tell the people what it says yes. or give them the homework to go look it up for no. themselves? Tell us, right? tell us the enumeration. This is like a great lesson. It's I know. Great class. I know. <laughs> I'm learning myself. The enumeration in the constitution of certain rights cannot be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So when you realize what that means and why Madison insisted that be put on there, first off, you have to know the debate that happened to know why that's there. What Madison is simply saying is all the rights in the universe belong to the people. So because we have a list doesn't mean you can deny others that are not on the list right. because all the rights in the universe belong to the people. Because we have a list you cannot disparage those that are on the list. You can't diminish them. You can't control them. You can't regulate them just because they're on the list. Mm -hmm. Do you realize that if we just, if there were certain parts of the Constitution that we just taught, right? If we just taught Article 6, Clause 2, the way it's supposed to be taught, uh, if we yeah. just taught the Ninth Amendment, the way it's supposed to be taught, if we just taught the Tenth Amendment, the way it's supposed to be taught, we, it would be impossible for the general public to be able to accept, 
to what would what Samuel Adams would say to tamely suffer right. all this power. We'd be grab. unbamboozable. We we very good. Which is one of my favorite unbamboozable words, booze. <laughs> We'd be unbamboozable. <laughs> See, that's the whiskey rebellion flag, by the way. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, George Washington lamented over later. The Whiskey Rebellion oh, yeah. flag? Uh, no, the Whiskey Rebellion. Oh, yeah. I, this is a great lesson. I'm yeah, actually going to yeah. do an event talking about that. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, yeah. great. No, I think that's the where... The first real tax revolt against our own government. Yeah, because... Oh, and I don't great. know... Were you aware that Washington uh, repented over his involvement in that? I, I was not. I know he was wrong. Yeah, yeah. He repented. It, it that's was, a great nullification lesson. Yes. And in... It was Alex that the, well, the theory is it was Alexander Hamilton that talked him into this because you know that Alexander Hamilton was George Washington's speechwriter, right? Okay. Well, all right. George Washington's speechwriter. <laughs> I really was, got to the play. I mean, I'm just catching <laughs> up here. <laughs> George Washington's speechwriter was Alexander Hamilton. I mean, if you've read anything that Alexander Hamilton has written, the man is absolutely freaking brilliant. I mean, I love, he wow. has. Oh, my goodness. He has that pen that is mightier than the sword. The man can issue snark and just simply dice and slice you with with ninja precision. Great on Twitter. He is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, by the way, being speaking about being great on Twitter, have you ever read any of James Madison's poems that he wrote when he was at Princeton? No, but I'm going to write that down. Yes. Look it up. Yes. So Hilarious. in Princeton, they had a debate club. And their debates were, were, you know, sometimes in writing, sometimes face to face. And James Madison wrote poems to lash out at James, his debate. James Madison. James Madison. James Madison wrote poems to lash out at their debate. Uh, their yeah, debate it's opponents. Mockery. It's, it's, it was it's total, hilarious. Can we total. Go, can we go back to the, so the delegate, mm -hmm. delegate, it's fascinating to me because um, I was digging into the etym etymology while you were, or the history of the origins of the word. Etymology. Uh, while you we were, have smart people talking. out there. They know what etymology is. I think entomology is study of bugs. Yes, uh, that is. We're not studying bugs. But although sometimes it feels no, like it's fascinating know. because one of the one of the huge problems that we've had uh, is is what people have began to call the fourth branch. Yeah. This massive administrative state, mm -hmm. uh, which is Congress essentially delegating their authority to others. So it's fascinating looking at the, the origin of the word delegate or delegate um, goes all the way back to uh, Latin phrase delegatus non protest delegare. Uh, which is the rule that a person to whom a power, trust, or authority is given to act on behalf or for the benefit of another cannot delegate this obligation unless expressly authorized to do so. So inherent in the concept of delegated authority, we've said the judiciary, you do this, uh, Legislative branch, you do this. Executive, you do that. You do this, and it's something you teach often. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed within that then to share this authority, to give it away, to expand the other delegates' yeah. authority. You, you, delegate at its core means representative of another. So inherently, you, if you represent me, you can't be higher than me. You can't mm -hmm. do more than I've told you. You are allowed to do no more than I've empowered you to do. So and this good. is the thing you say which encapsulates our consent. What that means is our consent. You can't do more what I've consented that you can do. And that consent is that contract, the constitution. So that's where we recorded our consent for posterity. If you can't find it there, we did not consent to it. Therefore you can't do it. And so when we said these branches are separate, one of the most out of control branches, I think, one of the most dangerous and destructive has been the judiciary of how it's eaten away at our Absolutely. liberties. But one of the prime uh, culprits, I believe that's empowered the judiciary to be so destructive is the con is our Congress is our legislature in particular, where it has just handed out extra powers and, and, and authorities like, like they're freaking Santa Claus. 
Yeah. And so uh, that sort of thing, like we dig down, like I think it seems so nerdy to people, but this is the point of digging down into the meaning of words. I mean, the Constitution is a written contract. It's written for a reason. And you have to understand the meaning of those words. And where do you go to find that? The people who wrote the contract and 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 dig where they where did they get the these meanings? And so well, that's why this stuff is so incredibly important. And people are detached from the history and detached from education on our liberties and their foundations. And this is the stuff you lose. And we've just accepted that. Oh, well, this is the way Congress works. Well, no, that's that's not what these words mean. That's not what the Constitution means. It's not how it's supposed to work. Well, you know, what's interesting as well, what's interesting as well is that um, not only can you, if, if I delegate something to you, not only can you not do more than I've delegated, but you cannot do more than I myself could do on my own. Right. So right, I can't delegate to you something that I can't do on my own. That's great. So it is unlawful for me to steal money from you but what if you do something good with it to right no that's what i'm saying <laughs> i know it is right, what if that's it's a my, benevolent purpose if i if i know i'm robbing that, you for a benevolent purpose. right yeah. right no if i know that sure. that that jc has a specific need he can't meet i can't come and forcefully right. take money from you to give it to him <laughs> I would go to jail for that. It would be irrelevant why I was forcing you to give me money. Oh, well, the late well let me Walter, give you a badge. The late great Walter Williams. <laughs> let me help you with that. Uh, the, the Walter Williams, who was one of my great mentors and who passed away about a month ago, um, an, an economist, a black man who, who grew up and taught me so much about economics and liberty. He used to make that point all the time. And it's an important point. You can't, since we are sovereign to the government because as we stated earlier, rights come from our creator, they're inherent in our humanity. And so we created government to uh, protect those rights, mm -hmm. right? And, and we can't, look, God gave us rights. We can't give rights to the government. The government doesn't have rights because why? We're not the Lord, right? right. We can't give <laughs> rights. We can only give powers to protect the right. rights God gave us. That's important stuff to understand. We can't delegate rights we can delegate powers. Right. So the government itself, likewise, cannot delegate powers because they're not people. Yeah. They're not us. Mm -hmm. It's important. That's, again, the rules yeah. of construction. Right? Absolutely. So, JC, you had mentioned, just to sort of to scroll back a little bit, uh, you had mentioned that you have a specific objection to the health passports. Yeah. I, You know, the whole concept, I, I don't know if anybody's ever made this like public argument or objection because I would actually include business licensing in this. I, I, I really, I, I mean, to be very honest, I have, I have a, a religious objection to business licensing. And I, I wonder if anybody has ever made that argument, you know, maybe in a legal context or whatever, but I mean, you know, it's revelation, uh, revelation 13, 16 and 17. It's all encapsulated in the mark of the beast. And I know, you know, I mean, everybody doesn't believe what I believe, but as far as my but that's the whole point of religious liberty is the ability to have the autonomy to protect the integrity of what you believe. Right. We don't have to believe what you believe for the integrity of what you believe to be secure in you. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. So let me let me pull this up. So it's basically, you know, this idea of uh not being able to engage in commerce without this a state uh, mandated mark, mm -hmm. a, a fictional permission slip. Correct. <laughs> and so when you go to Revelation chapter 13 and verses 16 and, and 17, and this is the whole notion. Yeah, people talk about this stuff all the time and UPC symbol, all, all these different things and whatever. Uh, but it says he and he, uh, that is the Antichrist causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And here's the thing. And that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So the mark of the beast is specifically tied to the ability or permission to engage in commerce. 
So, and, and, and we're talking a state controlled. So this, the antichrist system is consolidated, centralized global government, right? So you're talking to one world government, one world police force, military, uh, one well, world financial isn't system. Isn't that really the operation of the antichrist system? Because the real antichrist system is what I teach at the River School of Government. God's creation of society Flipped is a delegation down. of power from God to man from man to society and to society to government. The anti-Christ system turns that upside down so that now it's government to society, to man, to God. And by society, you know, basically you're talking just individuals cooperatively, cooperatively coming together. Government is is the organization of society in the creation of law and structure. Right. Which is like we were talking about earlier, just having representatives. You know, we want to, we want to go to work. And, you know, work in the field and plow the fields and build our stuff, make our craft, our stuff, blah, blah, blah. And, hey, Bernie, while we're yeah. doing all that, yeah. can we can we kick you a few dollars and you go take care of yeah. these obligations? Since for we us, all right? can't meet under the same tree right. at the same time yeah. and come up with Could the you rules. Do that for right. us? Yeah, right. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the essence of government. Just individuals choosing representatives and then you do this. So you have to make those jobs less attractive, right? Yeah. They shouldn't be. So it flows. So it flows. Like you're saying, it flows from the service. individual. That's how yeah. that's God's structure of his creation and yes the antichrist flips that so it's no longer the people you know power delegated from the people but but privileges delegated from government from from a central basically one centralized Mm -hmm. consolidated rule at the top over I mean, the rest it, of the it, it's so inverted uh, every day i wake up and i call a bureaucrat just to find out what i'm allowed to do right Right. That, that, that's how inverted it. Now, I don't get through very often. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that's the core of it. When I talk about the religious objection, I mean, that's the core principle in that Revelation 13, 16 and 17. And so then you're talking about here's this here's a passport. Yeah. Here's this piece of paper. Here's this whatever. You know, you have to take this right And there. You know, you're talking about this is filed. Here's your number. Here's your document number, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this this runs right in line with what I'm supposed to be as a Bible believing Christian, I'm supposed to be opposed to that. I'm yeah. I'm not part of that kingdom. I reject that kingdom. That is antithetical uh, to biblical Christianity. So I when you when they're going to the extent of here's this passport, when it gets down to the level that here is this government issued ID, this government issued number, you have to have to buy like you can hey you can't go buy a loaf of bread unless you have this health passport this number that marks that says the state has owns told you, you you're allowed to engage in commerce bro that you. is that is like i mean that is right here on on the on the precipice of mark of the beast mm-hmm. it, i mean the total framework is totally there so i have a i have a i will not take a health passport i mean for liberty reasons is one thing but I'm telling you, I have a strongly held yeah. religious objection to this. It will not happen. Here's the thing about re- when you look at that story in Revelation, people are heads are going to roll like I, a guy like me is eventually going to lose their head over this. They're going to be killing people, which is crazy. When you think about. And I don't know if people ever re- really connect this, but when you think about the notion that the mark of the beast is connected directly to commerce and the ability to do or don't do commerce and the fact that people will be put to death over that, that's that's the kind of tyranny we're talking about. And so I I am not willing to take one step in that direction. When it when it gets to that, I mean, this is now personal where you personally have to have this ID yeah. to go in in any and every business to, you know, it, to it, buy. It makes the passport no. it makes the passport the thing, JC. It says, Are you this? Correct. When really it should say, Does this represent you? It, you see what I'm saying? It yep. makes this the thing. Are you this? Right. Prove that you're this. Correct. No, no. This, I'm me. So I'm not willing to do that. Right. I'm well, not willing to do that. And, then, I, and I am willing to lose my head over that. Now, now let's not. And I know everybody's not going to understand that. But, but you know, I guess that's what, I don't know, faith, religion. This, this is a, this is a uh, un. Uh, Uh, Uncompromisable, I guess, is the word uh, biblical doctrine. I mean, so this is I'm very this is very serious to me. 
Well, that's not, never going to happen. Here. Let's also remember that the health passport. Sorry, I keep it in my no, coffee. Okay. over there. Um, the health passport in and of itself is simply a compilation of data. That's all it is. The, the physical nature of it is completely unnecessary. Yeah. So what the health passport is, is, is a is a consolidation. Like you yeah. said, it boils you down from a human yeah. being. Your, your digital person. Digi- well, but it, it, it takes away your humanity. Yeah, that's and translates you into digital. Yep. Let me right. let me show you because I did this a long time ago. You're transformed JC, into a number. JC right. wasn't on the show the time that I did this, but let's remember that Amazon now has a palm scanner. People are like, oh, you're not putting a chip in me. You don't need a chip anymore because Amazon has a way to scan the like your palm, like your fingerprint. Right. So all you do is you place your hand over the scanner. It reads your palm like a fingerprint like a palm reader, and then pulls up all your cloud database, right? So this health passport is simply a means to translate into this dehumanizing of people into digital data. So who wants to keep up with a piece of paper? Who actually wants to carry around a passport? And you don't have to. All you have to do is upload your stuff to to a cloud, And then what we'll do is we'll use facial recognition, right? We'll use facial recognition, link it, right? So you have your cloud and then you'll say, okay, scan my face. And then you'll also have a hand scanner, scan my hand. And now everything in the cloud will be uh, stored based on your identity here and your identity here. So you don't have to carry around all that. You know, that's just crazy. Why would you want to have this is a paperless society and you're not a human being anyway. You're a collection of ones and zeros. What will you trade for convenience? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and it is convenient. And, you know, it's disappointing human nature because, you know, you want more convenience. Mm -hmm. And if they weren't such control freaks at their core, if they weren't such surveillance uh, maniacs at their core, you know, if people were angels, this would all be very convenient, mm-hmm. but they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that passport is the mark of the beast. Uh, but there, what I think, you know, when you study those prophecies in totality, there's not just, it's not just a thing. It's not the things of Antichrist or the person Antichrist. There's an Antichrist system. Yeah. And I believe wholeheartedly this is the system is it a tra- of anti transference of your humanity Correct. to the digital. Correct. Yeah. And if, well, and, and if you don't want to think in, you know, I mean, again, it's just from I'm just speaking this from my own personal faith perspective. When you think in terms of just terms of liberty or and, and in what you're talking about there, the, the dehumanizing. Yeah. Right. It, it dehumanizes a person. I'm your your personhood is being taken from you and you're now this digital thing that they say you are. Watch this, JC. This just came out from MIT. This is the uh, MIT Technology Review, right? Scientists plan to drop the 14-day embryo rule, a key limit on stem cell research. So we uh, we allowed scientists to clone people to the what they call the 14 day rule. So you can create human cells in a a petri dish in a an artificial chamber, but you cannot create them beyond 14 days of of life because then that was going to to you know to cross a line that we thought was uh, was insurpassable from a humanity kind of perspective for 40 years we've had this 14 day rule and now the uh are are the scientists MIT is reporting are saying you know what there's so much more good we can do if we just go beyond the 14 days this is limit not, this is not good this is i mean this is this is th- their this is their perspective on this well this is why I, I, this is why I always see the contradiction with these left lefty loons, with all the all the garbage that all the pretense that they spew about race and minorities and blah blah blah. And like we're accused of being neo Confederates because we believe in the the just the natural uh, manifestation of the principle of nullification from the very nature of how our republic's constructed. But we, they have to tie us to slavery, right? They go, oh, you're neo Confederate because you believe in nullification because they want to tie it to slavery. 
-hmm. Okay, so we're supposed to believe that they're so anti-slavery. They're so indignant about this, right? This is why they hate us, because we believe something somehow is connected to slavery. This is slavery, what you're talking about. They, they call it science. You're talking about a, a human being creating another human being. Therefore, you are the owner. You're the creator of that person. You're this gonna get is, a in fact, slavery. This transhumanism, dehumanizing slavery is what you're talking about. So you can there's even nothing get a patent. good about this. You could even get a patent on a human being then. There's nothing good about that. I, I, it's just, just, again, beyond... A religious yeah, the, point of view. The 14 days, it's going to be, it's gonna be just like, you know, just 14 days to stop the spread turns into what? Correct. It's, it's always incremental. No, who, who, Once who you would, go past the 14 days, right. pretty soon. Yeah. Who's going to stop? As long as we, I don't want to get too crazy. But no, go for it. Help crazy. yourself. We go so crazy as, here as long the as, as the person is never conscious, right? As long as it, the person is kept in a comatized state, nobody's really getting hurt here. Right. See? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I can no, see. That's it. where the conversation goes. Well, it's, I mean, uh, you have you have sci-fi movies about this, right? I mean, you you have this already out because we know human nature never changes. We have a, a very structured psyche that it's not difficult to predict where we go because, in spite of you know how we have to have 375 different genders now, we are not complex. We we are single track creatures. And that's why history always repeats. That's why we are. We, that's why that's why you have the whole behavioral science study, because you can predict how people behave Complexity under certain masks. Fraud. There you go. I, I think the heart of liberty principles is pro-humanity. Absolutely. Right? You're a pro-human. You're a Pro person, but you, pro pro individual that's correct. person. That's correct. the distinction. It's not just pro humanity. It's it's pro yes. Bernie. Yes. It's pro JC. It's pro Chrisanne. It's correct. pro Colton sitting there over there. We all each have a distinct individuality that exactly. the principles of liberty are established to secure me and who I am. If I can clone you yeah. 37 times, where's the <clears throat> distinct individuality right. in who you are? That's right. And look, 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 let's take it this way. Kamala Harris is precious as a child of God because she is Kamala Harris. She's a person, not because she's either black or, or whatever other ethnicity mm -hmm. you want to tie her. She's every bit, as much as I disagree with her and I worry about where we're going, She's every bit a child of God because of that. Mm -hmm. She's an individual person. She deserves respect, but it's both ways. So do we, Kamala. Right? Mm -hmm. So do we. Right. Sure. Absolutely. All right, guys. We are at the end of the show today. How did you think about it? What'd you think? I can't wait to keep doing it. Thanks for having me as part yeah. of the team. So what do you think of StreamYard? Do you like it? Yes, I do. It's. I'm it's excited to learn how to use great. it. Great. Thank you guys for the great lesson, by the way. This was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Awesome lesson in liberty today. I hope people learned and were yeah. educated because she always said this is this I is learned. a teach show, a not, teach a talk show, show. not a talk show. And uh, so, man, that was uh, kind of deep. Thank you. And good. So appreciate you guys being with us. Thank you, guys. And we will see you tomorrow.